Welcome to an all-new episode of the Lisa Ann Experience. I am your host, Lisa Ann, and as I always do, I want to extend my gratitude to you for making me a part of your listening experience. Maybe it's your viewing experience, which is every Friday night on my YouTube channel. That's The Real Lisa Ann, as are all of my social media platforms. Last week was really fun because I did the first of a series of remix, yes, Today's episode, again, is going to be a remix, which you are going to enjoy. And what I found was like, these were the conversations that struck a chord with all of us. I say all of us, I mean my community, uh, my people who I'm in my chat with on Friday nights on YouTube and realizing that uh, we're on the same page. So the first remix was mindset, motivation, and financial freedom. Financial wellness, however you like to see it, I think they're all kind of the same. For this one, because the holidays are coming up, I thought, you know, it's Christmas weekend this weekend. How about we laugh? Because to me, there is nothing better than laughing. For those of you who know me well, you know that my sense of humor, for those who don't know me, might not always seem so funny. But once you get to know me, you know I'm sarcastic, kind of a little bit of a wise ass. People who know me, it's part of the fiber that's in me, and I love to laugh. And so when I need a good laugh and I go to, want to go to like a go-to something, my go-to shows are Curb Your Enthusiasm. Larry David's just brilliant. J.B. Smooth is incredible. Seinfeld, I still love to go back. I'm actually doing it again right now, starting at the beginning. When you go back to the beginning of Seinfeld, it's like you watch technology evolve in front of your own eyes. From Jerry having the big computer with the screen in the back to Jerry having the cordless phone, like was so excited to get the cordless phone. He would pick it up and he would have to like pull out this big weird antenna. You know, all of the technology that changed the set at the beginning of that show to the end of that show. Like it's hard to believe how long ago that show was. And it's even harder to believe. It still makes me laugh after I've watched so many episodes of the characters. You fell in love with them. Another show that makes me laugh that I love that I've been obsessed with for years is 30 Rock. You know, I'm a big fan of Tina Fey. The writing is so brilliant. Alec Baldwin is so good. There's just so many little kind of snide things that you got to pay attention to like get into. It's quirky. I love it. Broad City is a show that I'm not sure everybody knows about. It was on Comedy Central for a couple of years. It's another go-to. And why am I going through all of these? Well, because today's remix is funny people, comedians. I've had some great ones on the show, so it was really hard to just pick three and break them down, but I managed to do it and absolutely love these conversations that I had. So I thought coming in with, you know, what TV shows and also like go-to movies. There's so many movies that I go to when I definitely need a good laugh and I just want to be silly. Um, Step Brothers is a classic. I I, I can rewatch it. Um, incredible amount of times. Um, Wedding Crashers is amazing. Uh, The Other Guys is like a cult movie that nobody really like, it never made it big, but I thought it was so great. Laughter is so important. And I have friendships that I've had that are just developing over the years and over the years. I realized what's even better about your long-term friendships is the inside jokes that create laughter stories from the past, things that have happened, things that maybe you forgot, but they remember just funny, awkward moments, things that you do or say that only they know. And so our friendships and our laughter. So when I'm on my FaceTime with my friends that don't live here, or I'm with my friends in person, you know, laughter is always a big part of it. Laughter is part of my work day. I'm always trying to crack jokes. I'm always trying to bring people to ease because laughter is really something. So I hope you laugh a lot around the holidays. And if you have downtime and you're just being still and you're just being on your own, holidays don't necessarily mean you have to be around a lot of people. We've been led to believe this, right? If you live in New York City right now, I'm going to tell you, if you try and walk by that tree, you are waiting in a line of traffic of people, which is exciting post-pandemic, but annoying because you want to get closer to the tree quicker. But everything is packed right now. Tourists, one million percent. 
But some of us like to be more silent around certain holidays. Thanksgiving, I'm always with my friends, but Christmas and New Year's is really a time of the year where I take inventory of my year and kind of when I say inventory, that means I've ordered all new hard drives and be taking everything off of my computer and labeling content. And I know it sounds tedious, but it's stuff that I don't get to do that I'm glad I get to do. And I get to do it in silence. And normally I'll either have a game on in the background or a funny movie or a TV show just to kind of pass the time with tedious work. And I like to sort through my closets and get rid of things. It's a great time to donate things to Goodwill. There's a lot of people in need now that it's getting colder and colder in the city. I feel like I want to be making sure that I'm taking as much stuff as I can to help other people. And then I also like to look forward and really map out next year. So far, my next year is mapping out to be fantastic. I am starting my first trip of the year will be in January. I'll be at the AVN Expo for my first time in years. I'll be signing at the Elevated X booth on the 5th, 6th, and 7th. I'm doing the award show, which I haven't done in years. I'll be walking the red carpet and going to the show with Young Gravy. It's going to be a great time. We cannot wait. I love to take other people from outside the business to the show because it's always just a ton of fun to watch it from an outsider's point of view and, and to see what they find fascinating, what they learn and all of that. The end of January, I am going to Jamaica not thrilled to read a news article about the safety in Jamaica. Is it only because my phone heard me talking about Jamaica or is this a news article I need to see? But I'm going to be with a group. I won't veer from my group, but I'm going to Jamaica with the radio show I love so much in St. Louis, T-M-A-S-T-L. I will be doing all four Exoticas this year. Chicago's in April. Uh, Miami's is in July. New Jersey's in October. And D.C. is in December. I was just invited to return to Sexpo Australia. So in July, I will be attending the Sydney show. There's two shows in July. There's Sydney and Perth. So I'm going to do the Sydney show. And I might go back at the end of the year as well and do one of the other shows. They do four shows a year, just like Exotica. So I have some friends that have already booked trips to come in and spend time here with me in the city where I'll take staycations. I love that I have a Murphy bed now. Getting the Murphy bed was such a great thing to do because in order to open the Murphy bed, so you know, you build this visual, I kind of got to push my desk up against the window. It's I can still use it, but I have to drag my office chair out. And I, I kind of rearrange things a little bit so that my guest has room. There's some empty drawers for clothes and, you know, pulling the bed down, then you can put it up during the day. But the great thing really about it is once I put all my stuff away, I don't want to work the whole time my guest is here. I can pop on my computer in my living room. I can do, but it's not going to be a big project. I'm not going to get into my hard drives. I'm not going to get into managing content. I'm not going to do any of this. I'm going to enjoy. So this year I'm hoping to have a guest at least every other month, but then in the summer, it gets pretty busy because I have the rooftop pool and everybody wants to come and lay out at the rooftop pool. So when I say, you know, you, we all have a different approach to what the holidays mean to us and whether you want to be around all of your people and whether it's friends, family, whoever you want to be around, or whether you want to be on your own, watching funny movies, listening to podcasts, reading it's all of our choice. That's just what we get to do. We get to be who we want to be during the holidays because the dust is settled. People are out of their office. You don't have as much noise coming in and you get to make that ultimate choice. So make that ultimate choice for you and do what really brings you the most peace and joy because the holidays are ours to enjoy however we do choose. My first guest today and I and I got into an elaborate conversation about death planning. Because I got really into writing my will during the pandemic. I got really into understanding that I think this is a, a business, a little bit of a racket. want to be for sure I'm prepared so other people don't have to. And little did I know that when I brought Matt Ritter on, we were going to get into a conversation like this. Yeah, I got really into some weird things during uh, the pandemic. And one of them was really financial wellness, right? I just wanted to take control of my entire life. I hired a business manager here. So we did all this onboarding where he's taking care of all my accounts and a new financial planner had, you know, moving, you have to start a new court. But I got really into putting my will together because I realized everyone looks at death as it's so sad, right? There's a missing 
business in just planning a party. It's a celebration of life. Everyone's going to die. But like, I would ask all my friends, like, have you done a will yet? And they're like, oh no, I don't really care what happens when I die. I'm like, you should, you don't want to leave a responsibility to your family. If you're not married, the state gets all your money. Like you should want to do this. And so I got into it. So my ashes are going to be uh, ground down into little diamonds for my closest girlfriends. You can make jewelry out of what? your ashes. What's yes? You can. Oh my god! So there's that. Um, you know, specific ways like letters you can send to all of your people once you die. What do you want to do? Would you rather have an expensive funeral or do you want to set up a party with bottle service in Vegas and just drop a ton of money so everybody could just have a party and talk about it? Like, there's so many good ways to plan this whole dying thing. I love it. You know, I actually saw because of my dad and, and actually two weeks before that, my wife had a family member die. So we've like really got oh. this. But, but I, I found so much comedy in it. I'll tell you the funny things that I've noticed about the dying process is one is so her grandma was was dying for weeks and they had this um, Central American aid there. And I, I realized like in countries where death is more common, they're less kind of rosy about it. They're a little bit more realistic about it. Like, Yep. Every time we would like hold her grandma's hand, we'd be like, it's okay. You're going to be in the good place. Your, your husband's going to be there and it's a big party and all this stuff. And this aide from Central America would just grab her hand and really firmly look her in the eye and she'd go, you can die now, grandma. Die. <laughs> because they look at it like you really never die. Uh, though you leave your body, yeah. you know, your life is everlasting. They look at it very differently than we do. And if you think about your grandparents, or your great grandparents, people that love to mark on you when you were young in your spirit, they're still alive. Like there's totally. still whatever I'm fixing something or like I'm opening a box from Amazon. If I do the box cutter towards me, I can hear my grandfather telling me to yeah. do it away. So I don't cut myself. Like, totally. you know, those little, those little, little things, but you're right. And they look at it very different than we do, but there's, you know, and then the expense, right? Like the expense with coffins, the expense oh, with the I whole day. I can, it's such a racket, I, yo. I had a really fun, funny, that was a, what a you led me right into the coffin racket. So <laughs> coffin racket is so funny. If people have never had a family member die and you've never been in the room where they're upselling you, it is like used car dealership times a hundred because you're so emotion. You're, you're such an easy mark. You're like, oh my God, you're a mark. You're guilt ridden. You don't want to cut any corners. That'd be insulting. That's your family member. So this guy had an incredible shtick. He had this great business racket. So he, first of all, they go really fast and they just check off a bunch of things that like, he's like, of course you're going to do this. Of course you're going to have the cards. Of course you're going to have the candles. <laughs> of course you want antifreeze. Of course yeah. you want the extra windshield wipers. Of course you want rims. <laughs> so then they, this guy gets to the coffin and he did the, I mean, he actually did the most genius thing I've ever seen anyone like in the moment do. So the, um, my wife and her sister were, were hadn't ever talked about what kind of coffin they want for their grandmother. And, she, and they were like, you know, she wasn't, she was modest, you know, she was modest. And this guy, he knows exactly what to do with people who say that. So he immediately shows them the most basic cardboard box that could, is like, could break apart from the wind. And he shows that to them. And right as he shows that to them, they both audibly gasp. We're like, not that modest. <laughs> And then he goes, well, I think you should probably go like the next one up, which is $7,000 more. You know, that's how he gets. The next. Oh, my God. Yeah, gets. because the other one, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even bury a dog right, in that exactly. one. Let's be real. Okay. He's, he's got the perfect stick down. He's like, here, do you want to just throw her in a garbage bag with holes in it and let her leak out into the ground? Or do you want this uh, Auburn, you know, okay. silk, silk lines, you know, all of these other it is a racket and they made more money than they knew what to do with. I mean, funeral homes here, when we were peaking in, in New York with COVID numbers, they couldn't take all the people. They didn't have enough coffins and backstock and they couldn't upsell because they had to use what they had. I know. Here's, oh, here's the other funny one. Oh, this was so funny. So at my dad's funeral. They, By the way, did, did he will? So my dad died owing. So I joke, my, my friends are like, did you get anything? I'm like, yeah, I've got a few bookies who are waiting at the <laughs> funeral. You know, we're looking over our shoulder. I'm like, I, I, go, Jay, I love your dad. <laughs> I go, Jay, you're the firstborn. You get dad's dads. That's how it works. You're the firstborn. So I said to my brother, so my brother uh, was paying for the funeral. This is so crazy. The funeral home was driving us to 
the actual cemetery was right around the corner. Yes. So we did the service. We drive around the corner. There's a procession of cars waiting. They're like, yeah, we can't let you in. What's going on? They're like, oh no, he needs to give us the check. We have to, we have to write that all up first. So people were waiting like 20 minutes to get to the cemetery and it was about to rain because like, they were like, oh no, no we, we have to get the check first. Uh, by the way, they do that at weddings too. I remember yeah. in my when I got married in my twenties, I thought it was so tacky. Oh yeah, how everybody was like collecting met and like I feel in this bride's dress that no one should be doing business. With I know. Me. Why true. are you? The checks are all written. It's all here, but they're like, oh, we can't bring this out yet and set up this tent over here until we make sure we're paid. I'm like, why couldn't we have just done all of this before? I know. They don't do it beforehand either. They won't do it beforehand. What either. is that, what is that so- about? Why won't they take the money beforehand? I don't get that. Uh, it's not like anything's going to change. I mean, sure, somebody could walk off and not get married, but the dead person yeah. is not getting out of the coffin. I think it's just that they're like used card salesmen and they've never had to be good at business because the competition is what, right? You know, yeah. so I think that that's just been their protocol and nobody's been like, why don't you do wires that land at a certain day? Like, you're, you know, you know how this could have been handled. So I different. mean, it's, it's so, it's just, so I, I, now I laugh at it. And then, you know, speaking of my dad's degenerate gambling. So this guy comes up to me at the funeral that I'd never met before. And he I goes, Hey, he goes, Hey, Matt, um, I, I used to work with your dad. Great guy. You know, like you gave such a hilarious, hilarious uh, eulogy. I gave this incredible eulogy to my dad. Good. Um, oh, you brought your comedy sense oh, right up there on stage. Your dad was so proud. I did a tight 10, a real tight 10 minutes. But so this guy comes up to me, he goes, you, he goes, you remember when your dad had his first open heart surgery? My dad had like, my dad was lucky that he lived an extra like 20 years after that. Okay. He, he All right. like nine lives. So I'm like, yeah, of course I remember. I like moved home to take care of him. He goes, well, we had this weekly uh, poker game and <laughs> So the night your dad got got out of the hospital from his quintuple bypass was the night of our weekly poker game. And we were all playing. We we're like, oh, man, we miss Izzy. It's too bad he's not here. You know, uh, we hope he's doing OK. And all of a sudden he gets a knock at the door. And it's my dad wheezing and holding. I don't know if you've ever seen people you get this chest pillow to cover because yes. you have like an exposed cracked sternum. And he's like, Plus, over. if you hit any bumps in a car, you're be supporting it. It's kind of the same as when you get your boobs done. You drive home squeezing this pillow for every bump you feel in the car because it feels like they're going to fall out. Yeah, His so, heart wasn't going to fall out. Yeah, so my dad literally was like, "I you can't miss my my weekly poker game." Quintuple bypass. Oh my gosh! I, but you know, so I got into it. So I started learning about all these businesses. Honestly, this is something I would take on Shark Tank. I think people are not doing the right thing. I think a lot of the companies you could you could see how like. I'm like, there's only three companies that are doing the stones right now out of ashes. Like I could just buy all of them up and all of their equipment and put them in one central area in like North Dakota and cap, have a, you know, just have the whole market. Um, I love this. Get get it going. I'll invest in that. I'm so into it. Like bands, you could, you know, like, Hey, if you're an influencer and you do a certain clothing line, you could have your coffin lined with this clothing. Like what trinkets do you want people to take out with you? Like whatever, you know, I giving agree. out condoms. I think this should I be more fun. Dro- I- you're dropping like major knowledge here. Like this is, and, and, yeah. Not everyone gravitated to it. Like you do. Uh, a lot of people thought I was crazy, but my no. friends in this city got so into it. We found out that you can get like wiener, like the wiener mobile, you can get a wiener mobile, uh, casket. Like there's so many different things you can do, but the death, not planning the death puts a lot of pressure on the people that are left behind. And for me, always thinking about everybody else, it's like, I don't want my friends to walk in my place and be like, what do we do with our stuff? I, I want it to be defined. And also you and I, we have passive income. You have money that is going to come in. Even cool. when you're no longer with us, you have tasteless, which is now on Amazon, Apple. You know, I'm uh, you have- making a lot of money on that all of a sudden, you know, like the world comes towards you sometimes like cancel culture came towards us. Just documentaries have blown up. Like it's so weird. And what is tasteless based on? So it's, it's based on, uh, it's the history of comedy through the lens of these dirty joke books called the Truly Tasteless series. I don't know if you remember, I remember them. My yeah. grandfather had, of course. They're yeah, of course. great. So, so the woman um, who actually wrote them, she's actually like a hardcore feminist now and like an anti-ageism activist. She's a really interesting person. Her name's Ashton Applewhite. So we just thought it was really funny that this person who's like very liberal now wrote the like most offensive joke books ever. And so we use that as a through line to talk about kind of evolving what is acceptable in the world, which is almost nothing now, you know, versus like these books where nothing was off limits. Ever feel like your performance just doesn't measure up? 
Does worrying about it make it worse? Let me let you in on a little secret. Many men use Viagra and Cialis not just to treat ED, but to boost their performance and last longer. Whether you're in front of the camera or behind closed doors, every man can use a little help to last longer. It's never been simpler to get what you need. At ultrafarmrx.com, you can get doctor-trusted treatments 100% confidential online from your phone. No awkward doctor visits. No waiting in line at the pharmacy. Discreet and confidential, guaranteed. Better performance is just a few clicks away at ultrafarmrx.com. I love Matt Ritter. We initially met many years ago in LA when he was doing a podcast. I remember Lainey had set it up, but there was always these things where like, you're going to do a podcast at somebody's like house, right? You know, you're, you're, you're getting there by yourself. You don't know the neighborhood uh, you're, and you're showing up at a stranger's house and you're hoping for the best, right? And I remember him walking me out to help me find a parking spot to my car. And just right away we clicked. Like he just has a warm, kind, energy about him. I automatically felt safe. He was a super great guy. So I was really honored to be able to have him come onto my podcast here. I hope you follow him. He's so good on TikTok. He's one of my favorite follows on TikTok. Find Matt Ritter everywhere. And now we talk podcast and podcast guests kind of like share podcasts with each other, right? Like if I'm going to be on your podcast, you're probably going to be on my podcast. It's kind of like this universal thing, right? But this next guest, who is another comedian that I love, Lisa Traeger, there's no way I could be on either of these two podcasts that we're about to talk about because one of them is enemies and one of them is SVU and I scare way too easy. But Lisa doesn't. Make sure you give her a follow as well. Hilariously funny. And I loved this conversation. Okay, so let's talk about this enemies <laughs> podcast. I'm a little bit curious about this. How do you get people that are enemies? And you're the moderator, I'm assuming, correct? Yeah, no, I know what you're about to ask, and it's truly been a failure. Um, I had to change the <laughs> format. People that are my enemies don't want to come on. People don't love conflict. Even I have friends, we've squashed our beef, and I'm like, let's come on. And my friend goes, absolutely not. I have no interest in this. Like, it's truly become something different because I um, overestimated people's eagerness to come on and, like, be confrontational. Yeah, yeah no, we're so afraid. Uh, look, maybe this would have worked 10 years ago. Yeah. But now people are so afraid of confrontation, right? And also being canceled and, like, would have – I just – well, you asked me before we came on to record and you're like, you know, I'll bring on an enemy. I'm like, oh no, I could never, like if I see an enemy, I pretty much run in the opposite direction. Even if I'm wearing heels, dressed, could be at a wedding. I'm going to run because I'm done dealing with conflict. I just can't take it anymore. So this I is agree. a problem. No, I get uncomfortable. Like I can act, I can talk a big game, but sometimes you are in a social moment and someone you really don't like comes in. Like, of course it changes the energy of- my being. And but... you picked up on that. And it's funny trying to get five porn stars in a same event. One of the things you do have to make sure is if they all get along. And so like when I'd be booking movies, I would always have to like have these private conversations. Okay. Here's who else is going to be on set. Are you, cause just because I didn't want that kind of energy, like, especially when you're shooting a sex scene, that kind of energy, like people will take the job and then they'll just be Ms. to each other. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I don't need any of that. I don't even hate fucking here. Okay. Like, you know, like, so you want to know, there's always something you don't know. And then there's one person that can't be friends because they're like tied together. I'm just like, oh my God, so much drama, so much drama. It's high school with drugs and money. That's what I've always said the business is. It's completely like that. But so enemies may not be your most popular or, or, or easy to book podcast. <laughs> yeah. What about That's Messed Up, which is another podcast that freaks me out because I can't I watch it. As a view, Lisa, I can't do I, it. Wait, I have to ask you a question. Have you had to fuck people that you don't get along with for work? Never. I never, never would. Never. No. Okay. Oh, actually, no, I did once. Um, I did once. We both intentionally took the job uh, for more money. We got offered a shit ton of money to do a scene together. I do remember this. Um, and it was, it was a scene where I was taunting him the whole time, okay? And I would not tell him 
that he was even affecting me. I was just like, I don't feel anything. I don't feel anything. And when I stood up after that scene, I had rug burn on my back. That was like, it took months to heal. Okay. And that's how in my head, I was like, I know that really hurts. I know the friction of this wool metal laden carpet is ripping the layers of my skin off. My bone is, I can feel it, but I'm not going to tell him. And I'm just going to be like, yeah, I don't know what's happening. You know, this is so lame. You know? And then when I stood up, I was bleeding. Yeah. <laughs> Did he see it? Were you able to hide it? Of course. No, it was, it was part of the BTS after the scene. Uh, so yes, there was that one time at band camp where I did do a scene with somebody that I hate, but as for people communicating, like for people who have had nasty interactions, I think we're all just glad when they're over. So you're yeah. just so afraid to open that wound again. Right. Yeah, for sure. But like, I've also, I brought people on that I've, um, like I yelled at this girl in an elevator and we were, we were enemies because my idea of loyalty was being loyal to my friend who had a fight with her, but that's not mature. Like that's like, uh, so I knew where I was old enough or like years have gone by where I realized why I was upset with her, why it was stupid, why, like how embarrassing it was to scream at her. And so she came on and we kind of talked about it. And she was also embarrassed about certain things. So I think when people hear conflict, it's like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong. But this is more of like, um, you don't have to be having a difficult conversation. Yeah. Or just like this Which actually bothered be. me, but you have to be vulnerable. And I think a lot of people are unwilling to be vulnerable or admit their wrongs. And also, I bet you some people maybe don't even know what the trigger was that caused the interaction. And maybe by having this conversation, some clarity is like, oh, I didn't even realize that maybe I said that to you that way. Or I was joking and you don't know my sense of humor. I shouldn't have assumed that you knew. Like, I'm sure there are some benefits to this. And also people watching people communicate that have had a negative interaction could be so powerful in helping people diffuse things in the future. Like, how did you two get over it? How do you feel about each other? And yes, you don't have to be friends after, but I fear my enemies. Um, what about that's messed up podcast? You are a big fan of the show SVU. Yeah, it's really been incredible. It was my co-host Kara's idea and she, we bonded in a green room what, like years prior to SVU, because there's a Twitter account that will tweet anytime a law and order is on TV and what channel and what episode. And so <laughs> she had this idea and the co-host she originally picked was too busy. And she goes, would you want to do this? And I went, absolutely. And then it's a hit. Like we have so many listeners and we get to do live shows now and meet everybody. And it's been wild, but it does fuck with my head. Like I have become more, more suspicious person. Cause we talk about SVU. We research the true crimes the episodes based on, and then we do get to interview a, an actor from the show, which has been the best. Like we've talked to some of the most incredible actors, directors, writers of like ever Oscar winners, just such cool people. Amazing. And I can't believe, but that's how much SVU means to them. Like the people that we've been able to get, I'm shocked. Like Lou Diamond Phillips came on and it's like, what? Like, I don't, uh, it's just, it's really uh, been exciting, but the crimes are horrific. And so the episodes are light, even some are pretty traumatic. And then the crimes are, you just learn about like the depths of how terrible our society and justice system truly are. If you're looking for a last minute gift, you may want to go to TicketRev.com. Follow TicketRev on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter. Check out the new way to buy and sell tickets. Maybe you're going to get tickets for a holiday gift that you can't use. The perfect place for you to market those gifts and learn about the platform is TicketRev, the new app is coming soon. I'm going to keep you well posted. My ticket rev tickets a couple weeks ago at the next game courtside were absolutely fantastic, but get involved with this. I just think it's the neatest new way to say like when my girlfriend comes into town, uh, in March, I'm going to use ticket rev to find out what's available at different places. And I'm going to see who's selling tickets. Maybe we want to go to a show. Maybe we want to go to a concert. Maybe we want to go to a game and I will be going to ticket rev to see what sections are available, where I think I want to be and see what we can get going. So check it out as well at TicketRev.com. Now, one of the greatest things I got to get out for this year, and it was a date with my friend Lainey, who you've met here on the Lisa Ann Experience, it was to go see the play, The Race, The Movie, which was put together 
by Brett, who I've had on here as well. And I got to interview Dean Edwards, well-known from Saturday Night Live, well-known from Netflix, and well-known from doing this live play. And a live play is so amazing because you see how hard everyone has worked for their timing and how they're kind of building the set as they go and moving it away. And it was a cool little old theater And it was just that gratitude of our first things getting out and doing, you know, once everything was starting to open again. And this conversation and this entire episode, you have to go back and listen to all three of these because all three of these conversations, it was really hard for me to find the perfect clip to, you know, kind of give you a capsule of what I truly loved in this conversation. But this one right here with Dean Edwards, as he tells the story about many things, but then the obstacles of creating a Netflix series uh, outside in Los Angeles where there's nonstop choppers and car chases and all that. But Dean Edwards also give him a follow. And this was another amazing comedian that joined my show this year. You do stand up. And so you are constantly in a room with a live audience with a different energy. And that audience is focusing on sometimes one person more than another when you're doing a play or a live event, live show. But for you standing on stage alone as a comedian has probably given you the most experience of being able to roll with maybe a mishap or maybe, you know, you have the joke and, and somehow it got twisted in your mind. We all have these moments, right? It's like getting direction somewhere, you know, where you're going, but you still get lost. Right. Right. No, that's, but that again, that's what, that's what, uh, that's what makes this exciting. That's what makes stand up exciting. You know, um, every, every set I've ever been on and I've spoken to, um, you know, other comics that have worked on films and myself included with, with, with Oscar winners, with, with, you know, award-winning actors and when they find out you're a stand-up i just did something um and ethan Hawke came up to me afterwards and the way he looked he was like he was like man he was like dude that was wow you know because um because as a as a stand-up you are the the writer the director the 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 key grip the sound guy the 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 producer and the performer, you know, and so you, you're, you're, t- you're, you're a multi-hyphenate. You, you have all these job titles, um, your security, <laughs> as of lately, you have to be your own security, you know, um, and, and you're- Head on a swivel, head on a swivel, head on a swivel. Yeah, you're constantly paying attention to, you're reading the room, right? Yeah. And so, um, you know, in, in the theater, it's, it's going to be the same. It's like reading the room. You know, one of the notes, uh, Christian, our director, has, has, continue to reinforce to all of us is make sure if you get a laugh, you know, let that laugh sit, let enjoy the laugh, you know, don't, don't run over because I, I think as, as an actor, your, your inclination is here. I want to, I want to hit my mark. I want to, I want to feed my lines to uh, my co-actors so that they're not sitting there waiting too long. But I mean, Hey, if, if, if I get laughs, I gotta, I gotta swim in it. You know, I gotta luxuriate, let, you know, let it wash all over me for a little bit. And you know, sometimes a laugh happens and there's one laugh that stands out in that laugh that yeah. makes everybody else laugh even yes. harder. Yes. You yes. know, there's like one laugh. You have that one friend that has that laugh that yeah. when they laugh, everyone in the room laughs and you've yeah. got to celebrate that and kind of let it. And here you are at a time where everybody is so happy to seeing live shows again oh, and to be yeah. out. And I feel sure there's been some wacky things happening, but I think for most part, you know, living in the city and seeing people standing in line for Broadway and how happy they are oh. to be going to see shows again. Are you feeling that energy oh, as you're preparing totally. yourself for this? Totally. Listen, I, I, I it's, it's so good to be uh, back on the road, back out, you know, on stage and in in front of people and they aren't masked because, you know, coming out of the the quarantine, initially people were, people were masked actually on, on, uh, on my special on Netflix, on they ready. Um, you don't see shots of the audience because the audience was masked, you know, you don't realize that. And, you know, people, people are so excited just to return to some sense of normalcy. I mean, yes, we're still dealing with, um, you know, inequality and, and a war and gas prices. We're dealing with so many things that are stressing us, but it's nice to come into a room um, and just sort of 
all of us submit to the idea that we're going to have a good time and, and laugh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm grateful every time I was at, the hardest thing for me right now is I'm not doing meet and greets still because, you know, COVID is still here. Right. Yeah. Um, and Unless I'm, you yeah. live in Florida. Okay. Oh, <laughs> right. Right. If, if you were in Florida, you raw dog. It, it only stopped by there. Yeah, you know yeah, what yeah. I mean? It didn't if say no one Florida, from Florida will tell you. In Florida, Florida, real America don't exist. They like, hey, we take it yeah. all. Uh, let that air, let yeah. that air boot cocky all over me. Yes. <laughs> no mask, no shit. So you do your Netflix special, They Ready. Yeah. And everyone's in a mask. That must have been different for you to not be able to feed off of the facial expressions. I mean, yeah. you can hear laughter, but some people sit and smile the whole time and a smile yeah. can be so warming and so yeah. comforting. You're trying to go by people's eyes and you can't see that closely when you're on stage. You need to see some pearly whites. Right, right. I mean, they, they uh, you know, shout out to Tiffany Haddish and, uh, and Paige Hurwitz who directed and produced with Wanda Sykes because they did an amazing job creating a a safe space because we shot it um we shot they ready six months into covid wow. so we, we, okay. sh- we you know covid uh sort of started in march march 2020 yeah he called me in mid-august saying hey we want we want we're shooting another season we want you to uh be part of this i said when she was like uh in in six weeks i was like oh <laughs> i haven't been on stage in in this is the longest I've ever not been on stage since I became a comic. Um, I lined up um, a couple of weeks of work um, in September, so I had about four weeks to prepare to work your for, material. Yeah, to see to for people what people see um, on Netflix now was created and honed in a matter of a month. Wow! And I think that's why that's why Tiffany called the you know myself Godfrey Tony Woods Barbara Carlisle Kimberly Clark Aaron Jackson she called people that she knew could rise to the occasion and and would would do her as well as uh the producers and also Netflix justice and the first and we shot two nights and we shot outside that's what okay. people don't realize we shot in the same theater that Richard Pryor shot um his for his opus, you know, uh, live in concert back in '79, where he's wearing the red shirt that's all sweaty and the and the gold shoes, and they built the stage outside in front of the theater um, because of COVID. So we sure safer outside, um, but people can't. T- they they did such an amazing job shooting. You can't Lighting. tell yeah. that it's outside. But the problem with shooting outside is that you are subject to um, airplanes. Everything that that sirens, club airplanes, for, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I'm the first comic. The first night, I had two motorcycles drown out punchlines. Um, <laughs> Godfrey had a helicopter. Had two. Oh, it was probably a car chase. Was yeah. it in L.A.? It had to be a car yeah, chase. It was. It was, it was a mess. But what that did was prepare us for anything, so that when we shot on Saturday night. There were no issues and everybody was already like mentally prepared, like, 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 all right, just, just, just in case have your grill ready, you know, have your guard ready to protect yourself and everyone crushed, everyone killed. And so I'm glad we had Friday night, everything that happened. Um, and, and even with the audience, even with the audience masked, um, the laughs was so, so riotous, so uproarious that. Like you said, comedy is, is, is uh, laughter is, is, is infectious. And so if, if, if I have a room full of, you know, 500 people and I make, you know, 75% of them laugh, I'm in a good space, you know, because yeah. even the, even the, the other 25% that may not laugh initially, they're going to laugh because they're surrounded by all those people that are laughing. So it was, it was a, it was a wonderful experience. And now, now I have fans in Turkey. You know, I remember the producers, they said, they said, get ready because Netflix is worldwide. You're about to have have fans from all over the world. And, and next thing I know, people in Turkey are hitting me up on, on Instagram. And uh, it's, it's, it's been wonderful. It's been wonderful. Another great conversation with a ton of laughs. And when I go back and watch these and I realize how I cannot compose myself when I'm supposed to be an interviewer, I'm laughing the whole time. It's amazing. But that is so great to be laughing in real time. I felt that with Matt. I felt that with Lisa. uh, And I felt that with Dean. So the comedy remix is in the books. This has been a great way for me to go back through awesome conversations that I've had, rewatch them and appreciate them. 
as a content creator, you put out so much content and it's like you put it out there and it's just gone, but it shouldn't be gone. People put their time in, people gave you their energy, their story. And to me, I want to go back and celebrate these conversations. And that's why I thought this December, it was all about gratitude. That's what the holidays are all about. And I'm so grateful for everybody that's made time to be a part of my podcast, as much as I'm grateful for you for listening and or watching for you, my guys out there, go to ultrafarmrx.com. Your perfect place to get your Viagra or Cialis, whether you buy the name brand or the generic. Less than three minutes, you do a survey at ultrafarm.com. Use the forward slash Lisa. And with that survey, a licensed physician will get back to you if you're approved. Your stuff's going to arrive at your door discreetly for you. So look into ultrafarmrx.com, feel better, do better, and last longer. It is the moment you've all been waiting for the mailbag portion of the episode right here. If you want to be a part of the mailbag, ask Ann at gmail.com. I actually have some decent questions here. Let's get to it. Okay. I did just say that I have some decent questions here. So I don't want you to feel that I hoodwinked you, okay? Because of course I have to throw in one of these weird questions first. It just kind of pops off the mailbag. It's what I do. It's what we do. It's what we enjoy. Here's one. Comes in from Lucky. Hello. I'm looking to book you in either Los Angeles or Florida. Will you be visiting either place anytime soon? Question mark. You know, I wonder, I, this has to work because I know there's women that do get, take book, like this has to work, but it doesn't work with me. Obviously I'm not for sale, for hire, for bookings, but it's just funny to me when they land in and they're that blunt. There's no small talk, no description of what said person is like. I don't know the history of this person at all. I just, a stranger asking to buy my time. So we threw this in here because, you know, you can't have to. So lucky is not going to get lucky. I am not available to be booked. Um, I only meet people at events, AVN, Exotica. Oh, I'm hosting the Super Bowl at Sapphire in New York City this year. So I can meet people there. But like book me, it's just very blunt, but had to throw it in there. Next email. The subject matter is regrets. Hi, Lisa. Having read both of your books, I know that you've been married once. I know that you haven't been married again, but is there one out there that got away? Is there one person in your life where you look back and say, maybe they were the one and you didn't pursue the relationship? Hence the subject matter, your biggest regret. Thanks again for all of your content and your spot on sports information. I hope you have a great holiday season. So I do not believe in regrets because every step we have taken in our lives has gotten us to the exact space where we are right now. Now, we do make mistakes, but mistakes are to be forgiven and forgotten. A regret is something that you harbor that you feel could have changed where you are right now. And I don't want to change where I am. If there was one that I thought got away, I would have gone after him because I go after what I want. That's not really the thing. And as it comes to relationships, you know, I've come to terms with the fact that I am in a full-time relationship with myself and that I like my life. My best friend nailed it a couple of months ago. She's like, you know, Lisa, you're just so good doing your life the way you've been doing your life. You've, I've been doing my life like this since I was 30 and I got divorced, 31. It's like, I've been doing my life like this. I have a nice group of men in my life and people in my life that I engage with and enjoy and they all bring me something special. It's not hard for me to find companionship, but as a person as busy as I am with as many things going on as I am, it is a hard way. It is hard for me to be in a relationship. And I'm sure if I wanted it, I would try. Uh, and I think I have tried, but for all the wrong reasons. And so this year is the year that I'm accepting and just realizing that my life is amazing the way that it is. And so I'm not pursuing, I'm not looking to change anything and I'm not looking to bring in a, you know, full-term relationship. And, you know, I like to hang out with people and then people are like, oh, are you dating? Like I'm getting this every day. Are you dating Young Gravy? Oh yeah. Are you in a relationship with Young Gravy? And I'm like, you know what? My best answer I can give everyone. The only thing I like labels on is my wardrobe and my scent. 
meaning labels on my clothes and labels on my perfume. Okay. Other than that, I don't want to label anything in more of my life. I had to write a bio for my agent over the weekend. I was like, man, it's so hard to label myself. How can I write a bio that isn't three pages long? What 10 points of me that are just, can I narrow down? So when it comes to regrets, you know, regrets are something that you really haven't forgiven yourself for yet. And I don't think we should regret anything because there's too much to be grateful for. And sometimes a bad, out of a bad situation, something greater happened many times. So living in regret is not what I'm about. I don't have any regrets. So Mike, thanks for the question. Next. Good evening, Lisa. What is the most challenging thing as far as dating comes to getting older? And what age gap is acceptable in your opinion? I think an age gap thing, there's so many variables here, right? I think an age gap thing is very unique and specific. I also think is this age gap thing for a long-term relationship? Because that's when it can get tricky. You know, if one person's 20 now and the other person's 40, then when the other person's 40, the other person's 60. But I think if you're just having fun, why should age, race, anything matter. If you're just enjoying people and living in the moment and you're just sharing your time together, none of this should matter. Nothing should matter. Nothing at all should really matter. So I think that's really asking someone what's acceptable for someone else is also another tricky question because I think we've all learned, grown, and become really more aware and understanding that we should be accepting everyone as they want to be. So why should I be able to say that's not acceptable? Any choice that someone else makes for them should be acceptable for me because it's not for me. It's for them. And the best part of the new mindset that we're in and the new understanding of the world is being more open, receptive, and less judgmental. So I can't accept something for somebody else. I know for me, um, I have a large age range of people in my life. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm looking to be serious and in a situation, a long-term relationship with somebody with a big age gap, but it doesn't mean I'm not. Like, I'm just neutral. I let things happen. And more than ever coming in the new year, I'm just letting more things just really happen. So when it comes to challenging, I think everybody has their own challenges when it comes to dating. And I think whatever age you are, there's challenges, right? I think if you're younger, you know, the challenge is probably, does this person want to have children? Does this person want to get married? Where does this person want to live? Where's their family live? So there's those things when you're younger, when you're older, it's like, does this person still want to travel or do they not like to travel? Or, you know, what does this person want to do? So I think there's always going to be challenges, but being open-minded and being receptive to the fact that your friendships outside of your relationship are still present. And there's times where I'll give an example. I have a girlfriend and her husband doesn't like to travel, but she's got a lot of friends to travel with and it's fine. He enjoys his time at home when she's traveling and she enjoys her travel and no one hits a beat. No one's mad at the other person because one person likes to travel, one person doesn't. So this is where it becomes very valuable that when you're in a relationship or when you're dating, you're not looking at that person as your 100% be all everything. Because that's a lot of responsibility for one person. So if you can look at that person as a beautiful addition to your life, and you can still make sure to maintain your friendships and your outside world, you have a better chance of dating successfully, being in a relationship, being single successfully. Whatever you want to do, you should be doing. So that was a good, good dating question. I hope I answered it well. Two more here. Hello, Lisa. I was wondering if you're going to release a third book. I was curious because I really enjoyed both of your books and I'm a huge fan. Well, I got to let this one land for a while. I waited uh, six years in between my first and my second book. So I'm going to give this one time well as well. I'm going to enjoy the PR tour for it, getting it out there more, recording the audiobook. I love to write. I don't know what I'll write about next, but it's important as a creator, I just mentioned a content creator earlier in this episode, but as a creator, it's important to not be pressured by the voices of others to continue to be doing more things and to actually absorb the things that you've done, to appreciate the things that you've done, to take a beat and say, wow, I've done this, I have this, and share it slowly. As we're younger, we're in a hurry to share everything and move on to the next thing, move on to the next. As you get older, you're like... I'm going to let this one savor for what? I'm going to let this one be. So there's so many great books out there to read. I appreciate this writer 
of this email that love both of my books. But for me, it takes time and I'm living more of my life. So if I do, don't worry, the world will know it on all of my social media platforms, The Real Lisa Ann. But as for now, I am living in the celebration of releasing my second book and that's where I'm going to stay. Just coming up on the anniversary, December 15th was the day that I first, uh, it released on, on a digital book. And then in January, I got my first copies, like January 7th. So like I am still celebrating that. It hasn't even been a full year. One last question here. Mailbag again, asklisaann at gmail.com. Hello, Miss Lisa Ann. On today's Lisa Ann experience, you mentioned your desire to get more deeply into wine and vineyards. I wanted to mention to you that Washington State has many great wines, wineries, especially in central Washington and the Yakima Valley. Our neighbor to the south, Oregon, has a big wine industry as well. I hope you're able to take a look here in my neighborhood at our wonderful award-winning wineries. Always, as I always follow my favorite birthday girl on your podcast, I think you're doing great. Till we meet your friend, Peggy and Mark, the keeper of light. You know, Mark is one of our favorite emailers. So I'm going to explore wineries everywhere. But part of me getting in the business of wine is attaching myself to Italy. So the reason I'm using Sicily grapes that are uh, only in Sicily for my first two wines is I'd like to start doing more international business. And by me building a business outside of the U.S., I can then start to work on my papers to be an uh, international businesswoman. I can then start to consider my dual citizenship where that may or may not be. So this is all a bigger plan. But yes, I will go around to different wineries with my friends and learn more about wine and do that in the U.S. as well. But I'm going to keep this business in Italy. I'm going back to my roots, which is Sicily, and I'm building this connection for a bigger vision that I have for myself for the future. Mark, it is always great to hear from you. I'm sending you and Peggy tons of love for the holidays. And a little recap here. January 5th, 6th, and 7th, I will be at AVN Expo signing at the Elevated X booth and we'll be going to the award shows, which means my social media will be popping off with fun photos. Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, I will be at Sapphire in New York City. I will let you know exactly what location, but come and watch the Super Bowl with me. It's going to be a ton of fun. I will be traveling to all four exoticas this year, Chicago, Miami, New York, and DC. I will be in Sydney, Australia in July for the Sexpo, I love Expo, which I've gone too many times and love. Um, and there's more things landing and adding. So it's getting exciting already for 2023. This is my chance to wish you all a happy holidays. Another remix here. I want to thank my guests for giving me their time. I had Matt Ritter. I had Lisa Traeger and I had Dean Edwards. You can give them all a follow. They will be behind below the video. If you're watching on YouTube, please give me a thumbs up, subscribe, share the video with your friends. And if you're listening, subscribe, rate, and review my podcast as it helps in the world of podcasting so much. Thank you all for making me a part of your listening experience. And thank you for listening to the remix number two for December, 2022 of the Lisa Ann experience. 